Welcome back to the Painless Podcast. Goal for each Painless Podcast is to connect with and get to know great people in sports, events, startups, and cause marketing. So it's Chris Hartwig from Painless Networking here. Thanks again for joining me for Episode 5, Part 2. Here we are with Stephen Bardo. We've received some feedback that folks really want shorter episodes, or at least there's a chunk of you that do. So I'm splitting an in-depth chat with Stephen Bardo into two parts, and we'll see how it goes with feedback. Uh, For the full breakdown on Stephen, uh, if you haven't heard it already, start with Part 1. But... uh, you're just out of time. You really want to dive right into part two. Quick summary. Steven's a, a basketball uh, lifer. He's currently most visible as a hoops analyst on BTN, FS1, and uh, here at tournament time, uh, spending a bunch of time doing things with Yahoo Sports. Most people also know him uh, well as the starting point guard on the 89 University of Illinois Flying Illini team that went to the Final Four. He was fortunate to play professionally for 10 years, uh, three different NBA teams, but that also includes CBA and uh, playing really all over the world, Europe, South America, Japan, with some great experiences he talks a lot about in part one. Um, We also talked about getting into broadcasting. Here at part two, we're going to go more about uh, mentoring folks. He's got some advice on on, uh, broadcasting, but also uh, just developing the next generation of leaders, not only uh, advice for the younger generation, but for uh, the older generation and how to mentor, how to get involved and what all we can do. And uh, Stephen's trying to set an example by attacking it headfirst with his new nonprofit On Point Leadership, which we'll dive into. And you can tell uh, the passion that's there. We'll talk about helping combat gangs, violence in Chicago, which uh, we all know we we desperately need some help with here, uh, using basketball to teach some of these lessons. So here now, without further ado, from uh, Chicago's Logan Square, let's get started with some advice for young broadcasters. And let's get connected with Stephen Bardo. What kind of advice do you give people for broadcasting, uh, breaking into broadcasting? Kind of like real estate, when they say location, 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 our business is reps, reps, reps. It's no different from playing. You've got to get your jump shots up. You've got to get time in front of the camera or in front of the mic. And the beautiful thing is, is one of the platforms that we're currently on right now, podcasting. And I tell young people all the time, create your own show. Go go on and... and um, you can go on Google Hangout and record something on Google Hangout, uh, but you need to get your you need to do reps over and over again because you have to de- develop your voice. And when you're working in this and you're trying to create, uh, you're trying to be a content creator similar to what you're doing, Chris. You have to develop your own voice, and the only way you can get that is through repetition, 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 sure, repetition. Right. And so that's what I tell young people right now. You, it's so much easier for you to get into this business. There's so many avenues for you to attack. And I not do attack, because if you can find one that you, you're pretty good at, attack it, because a lot of people aren't attacking anything. They're just kind of floating. Along the lines we've talked about with the advice for grads or you know recent grads or even you know current students and student athletes, something that I, you've spent a lot of time on, the other part of reps has actually been more around point guard vision um, and the, the videos that you've done about that, and you've done a ton of speaking engagements. Tell us a little bit about that that's, that's more of the community angle. 
Well, there's a saying to whom much is given, much is expected. And uh, I've had tremendous support throughout my life. I've had tremendous opportunities presented to me. Um, and so, you know, I get I get tired of complaining. And when I hear young people having a difficult time where I live in the city of Chicago, uh, I have so much to offer young people that it's it's time for me to stop complaining, start doing and uh, so the, the, the motivational speaking, the videos, the, the different outreaches that I try to do with young people in Chicago is so important, Chris, because, um, you know, I had a village to help raise me. And every child needs a village around them to help raise them. They need different people to have different messages. And so I'm a six foot six guy. I look like I played basketball. I'm on national television. What young guy that wants to play basketball is not going to listen to what I have to say. And so I utilize that platform and I utilize that five minutes to grab their attention really quickly to give them something that they can use moving forward. Well, I think, I mean, tell, talk a little bit more about that of like, what is that messaging specifically? I mean, that's a good overall breakdown, Mm -hmm. but because we've talked about this of, you know, there's the obvious that there's the stats of how many of you from high school are going to go on and play even in college, let alone going on to play in the pros. There's that message that I think is important. What kind of things, though, are, uh, you know, along with that, are you talking about, you know, with these young athletes and students? Well, I, I tell them that, uh, and typically, I, I, my sweet spot is student athletes. I, I talk to students, but my sweet spot is student athletes because, This is what I tell them. You've got an unprecedented platform that your other classmates do not have. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to learn how to network with that? Are you going to learn how to um, pull your teammates up by the bootstraps when they're struggling? Um, I read this book called Burn Your Goals, and um, Jamie Gilbert and Joshua Metcalf are their names, and they do a fantastic job of showing teammates how to uplift other teammates so I took an example from their book and I go out and and I tell young people look pick out one teammate today in practice that you're going to support and what I mean by support when they're down go give them a word of encouragement if you're on the floor with them and you're playing with them in a scrimmage get them the basketball where they can do something with it build up their confidence because what happens is when you're focused on somebody else you're not worried about yourself and so you get out of your own way. And in this selfie generation, they didn't do it on their own. These kids did it because of us. So we're, we're really to blame. Our generation of parents are to blame for this selfie generation. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to get kids to do instead of beating them overhead about don't be so self-centered, get outside of yourself and make someone else's day better. Because in doing that, you make your day better. Uh, going out and connecting with these kids, how often are you out, or how many, you know, how frequently you're out doing this stuff right now? I try to do two to three times a week outside of the basketball season. Inside of the basketball season, I'm just, I'm just slammed. I try to do maybe one or two a month, uh, but outside of the season, I really get about two or three times a week, and it's, it varies from grade school to uh, high school. I do some colleges. I travel. I've been in California frequently. I've been to Texas. So it just depends on where the opportunity is. Right. We, we didn't talk about this earlier in the, talking about broadcast work, but right now you're between BTN and, and FS1, you're doing typically how many games and how many studio uh, shots a week? During a regular season. So 
I'll give you a time frame as, as opposed to uh, per week from the start of November to the end of February. So that's one, two, three, four months. I would do approximately 70 to 80 games and about 40 to 50 studio appearances. So you take, what is that, 100 and, that's 120 days, right? So you do the math. So almost every day we're working th- yeah. throughout the season. So it's a grind. So when do you sleep? Sleep when you can, man. Is that why you're still six five one eighty five or whatever? Because you're not eating. <laughs> no, I. You know, I've had to change my diet and change the way I approach things because as we get older, metabolism slows. I can't yeah, eat. But the you're same the one way. guy. With you, when we had lunch together last week, and when you're walking up, I'm like, "Come oh on, you're as skinny as you've ever been." It's called you DNA. It's oh, called I, great DNA. My yeah. parents, I got to thank them for that. And I, lucky son of a gun. Yeah, and I maintain it, Chris. I work at it, but I don't have to work at it as hard as other people. But back to the the community piece, too. Mm-hmm. Um, something else along these lines that you've talked about, kind of that stop the complaining and, and start the doing, is. Similar, I guess I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, to the, the point guard vision and messaging and, and lifting people up, basically. You've created this uh, on-point leadership, mm-hmm. right? I'm calling that right. Mm-hmm. Just recently formed that 501c3 charity and have some, some high hopes for that, the foundation, the goals, what you're hoping to do with that group. Well, Chris, when I look in our community, especially on the west and south side, we're predominantly African-American dominated population. Uh, we have a violence problem. And the reason, in my opinion, we have a violence problem is because we, we don't we have an engagement problem. We don't engage young people. We don't provide for them something that is not currently there. Like you, you, you can't expect young people that have seen you know, five, 10 years of people coming through doing the exact same thing, getting uh, poor results to be excited about going down that same path. It's, it's, it's insanity to do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. So with On Point Leadership, my goal ultimately is to take student athletes from Chicago. And the reason I want to focus on student athletes is because they're the highest profile students in all of CPS are the basketball players. They don't wear helmets. They don't have pads. You can see them, and they're very visible. And so these student-athletes, male and female, are role models. And so what I want to do is to teach them to learn how to be entrepreneurs at the end of the day. And I'm not going to tell them that up front, but some of the, pro- the, the processes and things that we go through, I'm going to try to show them how to problem-solve. That's all entrepreneurs do. They solve problems. And so if we want the community to change, if we want the violence to stop, if we want it to reduce, we have to empower our young people to make change to solve problems. And so our young people who are in those communities have the best eye and the best knowledge of what is going on than someone who's not in those communities. And so I I just think that it, it would behoove us as a city to engage our young people so that they can solve problems and we can do it inside out, not outside in. And what's the, the age group? Um, because I think there's two parts to this, right? Yes. There's, you talked about the high school kids have uh, the visibility, both literally, physically, a lot of them, but there's also younger kids. What we want to do, Chris, is to create a basketball league 
for third to sixth graders. And why do we say third to sixth graders? Because that is the age when the gang recruitment starts. Now, I know that's a sad fact to think about a third grader being recruited into a gang, but that's the reality of what we're looking at. And so we want to try to start the funnel at third to sixth grade to come into our program to start to be exposed to these concepts and these ideas at an earlier age so that now by the time you get to high school you're familiar with problem solving you're familiar with okay wait a minute i took a myers-briggs test as a six or seven year old or sixth or seventh grader and i kind of have a sense of what my interests are so where can we solve problems in an interest of public relations or you might be suited to be an electrician or uh, you might be suited to actually be a teacher. Where can we help you get exposure and help you start to problem solve in your own environment? Or there might be something close to home that's going on that you see needs to be changed. How can we expose you to that? So third to sixth grade is, is when we start the funnel to get the kids in for a basketball program, a basketball league that will expand through programs throughout the, their high school uh, career. Using sport yes. to get in, but then teach these lessons that are transferable across anything, plus giving them, I think also didn't talk about it here, but many of them coming from single single parent households that you get another mentor. And it doesn't have to be, it, it, this is not just about other men getting involved, it would be other women getting involved, yes. coaching, teaching, mentoring, those kinds of things. Yeah. So what's, this is just getting off the ground now, you're, you're putting this together. If people are listening that they, you know, would want to get involved, what's on the agenda for you after we get through March Madness and all, I know your attention's really going to turn on this. So when you get into April and May, what's next for, for the organization? Well, we're, we're, Right now, securing the facility to run the program out of in July. It's a four-week program for the camp. But I, the one that I'm really excited about is the, the Single Mother's Day brunch. And so uh, we want to acknowledge single mothers who are working their tails off, trying to raise their kids in situations that, that sometimes aren't safe. But I think that if we can, um, if we can show young student-athletes that there are men in the community that acknowledge the women for what they're doing. I think that that's a, that's a, a, a thing of giving back. And I think it's a way to show young student athletes, particularly young male student athletes, like, look, you know, we need our women. This is not a man versus woman thing. This is a community thing. And we need everybody all hands on deck because the community is not doing very well right now. And it's, but it's providing it's modeling this kind yes. of behavior. It's it's actions speak louder than words, right? Yeah, and and you know, and and so when you, when you get in that situation, what I envision, Chris, is that we'll have a lot of mothers who have uh, children who are basketball players, and that you want to get the buy-in from the parents as well when you want kids in the program. Because if you have a consistent message coming from the program, and then they're getting it reinforced back home. That's where the change occurs, in my opinion. So I've, I've, I've studied different programs like this. Uh, I hope to uh, scale it out, just out, not just staying in Chicago, but different areas because Los Angeles is similar. Houston, all the other major cities are very similar to what we're seeing in Chicago, the issues that have come up. And the student athletes, particularly basketball players, are the most popular, the most visible students in all of those cities. Well, it's, that's great of putting your experience, background, skills, and 
you know, passion basically for doing the right thing, putting it to work, using basketball as this tool that hopefully can change and improve, not just, you know, certainly in any individual, making one individual's life better is worth it, of course, but to be able to do it on a community scale, citywide scale, or scale this, like you said, nationally, it's fantastic. I'm definitely going to stay, stay close with you on it and try to, try to pitch in where I can and I appreciate it because I think it's, it, it needs, we unfortunately sorely need it. And I think it's a, it's a great idea. A couple other things of, of, uh, well, actually before I do that, anything else around point guard vision and on point leadership and community stuff that I, I skipped or missed or Here's why I think um, basketball and the point guard position in particular is the best avenue for teaching leadership. Here's why I say that. A lot of people think the quarterback position in football is requires the most leadership. And you have more players that you have to command. But every time in football, there's a huddle. See, basketball is fluid. So the example that I give young students is that when I was playing in Illinois, we were playing in the Final Four. So there's 50,000 people in the kingdom, but there's another 50 million at home watching. So I, the, the ball's inbounded to me. I've got to advance the ball. I've got pressure on me. I've got to hear Lou Henson's call. I've got to hear the call, and I've got to get my teammates involved. Now I have to initiate the offense. I'm in the play. I'll eventually get the ball back at some point. Maybe I won't, but I, I, I have to make a play to score, or I have to make the play to get the person to score. And then all of a sudden, I have to turn back around and jump on defense because I'm the head of the defense, and I've got to uh, harass my opponent coming back up the floor. I've got to talk to my teammates. All this is done in a minute. Now, we just made about 30 different decisions in one minute. Mm -hmm. It's time pressurized. You've got crowd. You've got a national television audience. The point guard position teaches leadership better than any position in sports. And that's what I like to bring home to people because, Chris, the problem with student athletes that I see, nobody tells them the language and the experiences that you use in basketball will make you a CEO of a company someday. The, the, the ability to look at nonverbal communication, to lead your teammates, to do these different things are what CEOs do every single day, Chris, mm-hmm. but they don't have a national television audience on their back. <laughs> they don't have Coach Henson screaming at them if they're not doing right. So this is a, the point guard position in basketball, to me, is the ultimate in leadership. You're a little biased, but your, your information is is pretty accurate. Okay. I'm, I'm all right being by You sold me. You sold me. <laughs> now, if everybody else listening has got to get in line too. Uh, great points. I, I've, I've enjoyed the conversation ex- extremely here today. Uh, I, I think we'd be remiss as we head into uh, tomorrow, first day of March and March Madness on its way shortly. I'm going to throw a couple quick questions at you. Sure. And uh, no wrong answers unless I disagree with you. But, okay. Uh, does Northwestern make the tournament? Yes. Does Illinois make the tournament? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, who goes farther, uh, Gonzaga or Duke? Gonzaga. Ooh, okay. Good. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a believer? Yes, I am. Uh, who do you have, uh, well, not necessarily Final Four, but you know, top two teams that you think 
had it right now. Things change at tournaments, injuries, all that stuff. But who are the best two teams that we talked about? I test. You're going to be surprised I say this. I got a rematch of last year's national championship game. I got Villanova, North, North Carolina. North Carolina is playing as well as anybody in the country. They're as talented. They're the best offensive rebounding team in the country. And Justin Jackson is a stud. He's an All-American, playing like it, averaging 20 points a game over his last six games. Then you look at Villanova on the other side, come through a rugged Big East uh, schedule. They have not missed a beat. Um, uh, Josh Hart is a National Player of the Year candidate. Jalen Brunson, Chicago area native, uh, Stevenson High School, has been outstanding this year. Uh, and Villanova is the type of team that, Chris, they're so physical with their fingernails and stuff. They take skin off your yeah. body. <laughs> so when you go take a shower, you know that you played Villanova because you're stinging. So I like those two teams uh, in a championship game. The last one of speed round uh, of these three coaches, which are back as we're in Big Ten country, which of these three coaches are, are, are all three of them, all three of them gone, all three of them back? Thad Mata, Tom Crean, John Gross. I think they're all three coming back. I do. Um, Thad Mata's gotten some criticism out in Ohio State, and uh, physically he's starting to break down. He's had some really bad back issues and whatnot. Yeah. But Ohio State, I'm not sure that they could do uh, any better than what – he's had a, a couple down years. The guy can recruit and the guy can coach. Tom Crean had a plethora of injuries. Um, before the injuries occurred, it looked like Indiana might be a favor for the Big Ten Conference title. Um, they've been devastated. Tom Crean is a heck of a coach, in my opinion. I've known him since he was at Western Kentucky as an assistant. He did a great job at Marquette. I think he'll be back. And the fact that John Gross – we're seeing John Gross do the same thing again. We've seen this before. Mm-hmm. Teams struggle throughout the regular season. All of a sudden, he got them to rally. The defensive effort that I saw the other night from Illinois at Nebraska, if they play that kind of defense, they'll be in the tournament. You heard it here first, folks. Well, it may not be because you'll be hearing this on March 8th, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll look back and laugh but potentially at all this. But Stephen Bardo, uh, really appreciate the time today. Thank you for joining me on the Painless Podcast. Hey, thanks a lot, Chris. Appreciate it. Again, a big thanks to my man, Stephen Bardo, for his time at a very hectic point of the year for him. And uh, we'll see on his predictions. He said Illinois needed to play that defense that they had been playing in that four-game win streak and uh, didn't quite happen at uh, Rutgers over the weekend, and that may have doomed their tournament hopes. So we'll see. Uh, Appreciate you listening to part two of the Stephen Bardo interview here. Uh, Again, to get a hold of Stephen, head over to stephenbardo.com. Stephen is with a PH. Don't forget, if you want to connect with him on on Point Leadership or really anything else, he's very responsive. Also super accessible on Twitter at Stephen Bardo, as well as on Facebook. Uh, The uh, weekly Bardo's breakdown is is fun stuff to uh, participate in and check out. So uh, that'll do it. Thank you very much for listening. Welcome all the feedback and suggestions at PaintlessPod at Painless.network. Email me there. I will talk to you again next week with a look at the NCAA men's and women's golf championships coming to the Chicago area, including a chat with Keith Rich from Rich Harvest Farms. Please also check out the previous Painless podcast with Nancy Armour, Kara Bachman, TK Gore, Chris Ruder, and also support our sponsor, the Bank of America, Shamrock Shuffle AK, coming up on April 2nd. Get on, get in there, register. Uh, save 10 bucks. Use the painless code. That's right. Painless saves you 10 bucks at the Shamrock Shuffle registration. 
hurry before pricing goes up next week on the 17th. Thanks a ton. And until next time, this is Chris Hartwig saying, stay connected, friends. 